Welcome to the journey with Mpo Podcast, a sacred space for healing, love, and rediscovering your life purpose. Introducing your host, Mpo. So we just completed an interview with Molly on her podcast show, and now we are about to record one on this podcast show, which you obviously know is Journey with Mpo. <laughs> um, the mic settings look great. I agree with the sound waves. So let's go ahead and get started. Hello, Journey with Mpo friends and family. In the virtual studio with us today is Molly Mandelberg, the founder of Wild Hearts Rise Up, creator of Magnetic Influencer Collective, and also the writer and illustrator of the Wild Hearts Rise Up Oracle deck. Molly is the host of both Tactical Magic podcast and Reveal the Game of Life podcast. After spending many years mastering content creation and online marketing, Molly finds her bliss in bridging the worlds of heart-centered healing and transformation with the practical business strategies of leveraging a message into a global movement. She is a certified NLP coach, an Access Conscious Bars facilitator, a transformational leadership coach, and a full-time nomad. Molly works with coaches, healers, and conscious leaders to broadcast their message with ease so they can reach more people and make more money with less time spent. She travels the world full-time and runs her six-figure business out of her self-converted Sprinter van tiny home. Molly loves helping her clients to systemize their work and master the magnetics of marketing so they can experience more freedom and make an even bigger difference. Hi, Molly. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, thank you so much for having me. There are so many exciting aspects to your life journey. Listening to your podcast episodes while preparing for this recording session just gave me goosebumps. It's always an incredibly special feeling when I get to meet individuals like yourself who are aligned with their purpose and committed to showing up to each day with the necessary fearlessness to pursue your life purpose, basically. So I wanted to get the question right off the bat because I'm absolutely curious, your van life and being a <laughs> digital nomad, right? Walk us through the decision to transition from conventional modern living to, if I may say, becoming one with the wilderness. 
<laughs> I love that uh, term. That's lovely. Um, so I think the first myth I have to bust is the conventional lifestyle part. I've never really did that. So I basically mm -hmm. finished college when I was 22 and started traveling nomadically. So I would work for a few months, make a little bit of money and then start traveling. And in the winter, I would try to go abroad somewhere tropical because I don't like winter. And in the summer, I would drive my Subaru around the country going to music festivals and selling my art and visiting friends and family all over the country. And then when I would run out of money, I would get another job and work wherever I was. So I have been nomadic for 13 years. Um, I've been in the van for three years. So really when my business, uh, many, a number of years ago, when my business started actually being successful, cause I started my business about six years ago, when it took off, I had this thought of like, okay, Molly, like you have enough money now to actually like settle down and like live somewhere and choose some place that you want to be and like make a life. And mm -hmm. then I thought, you know what? No, <laughs> I don't want to choose a place. I still want to travel. I still want to be everywhere. And so my choice to upgrade my life was to get a van so I could actually have an apartment with me have all my things with me, have a kitchen mm -hmm. where I could cook because I love to cook and have my own like nice bed rather than a bedroll in the back of a Subaru and a kitchen sink where I can brush my teeth, like have the nice things of having a home, but still mm -hmm. be able to travel full time. So for me, van life was really an upgrade not a downsize mm. the way it is for most people. Um, but the transition was smooth. <laughs> it was lovely. I, I used to get really tired of carrying my stuff to and from my Subaru. And now all my stuff just lives in the van and that's my home. Um, I don't know that I'll do it forever, but I mm. think I will always have the van. At some point I want to buy property and build a retreat center and do the homesteading and living off the land thing. Mm. And for now, um, but I still think I won't do winter. So I'll still have travel happening in, in the cold months. We'll see. I don't know. Um, but right now it still really serves me and it's, it's a fun lifestyle. It's definitely different. Definitely different in the sense that when, obviously I thought you moved from conventional modern living lifestyle to van life, because that's the perception, right? People sell off their homes, sell off their cars and they decide, okay, I'm taking off into the wilderness. But for you, it has always been, a lifestyle that you pursued after college. Yeah. Now, do, what would you say some of the pros and cons of that lifestyle has been for you? Yeah, I mean, for many years when I was younger, traveling nomadically was me avoiding community. It was be avoiding mm. being seen, avoiding the social responsibility of being accountable to certain relationships mm. or to any relationships long-term. I got to have surface level relationships and like a few deep friendships in different places. But as soon as it got uncomfortable, I could just leave. And so in a way, being nomadic when I was younger was my way of avoiding deep connection and being witnessed and um, being seen in where I was, which was a pretty traumatized place back then. Mm -hmm. And as I've grown and evolved, and especially since I started my business and had to do the healing work of allowing myself to show up as an entrepreneur, um, as a transformational leader and coach in some ways. It's a self-effacing process and you have to really look at your stuff in order to claim that you can help other people. And through that healing journey, I've found a version of myself and a way that I travel now, which is much more 
about deepening my connections with people and deepening my sense of community as I travel and being more witnessed and being a connector between my different villages around the country and around the globe um, by being fully present and being fully seen and mm -hmm. by spending more time and more deep connection time with the people that I love. <laughs> I definitely feel like having done this for so many years, you've probably been to the same places more than once that still allows you to nurture those connections that you formulate. Is that correct? Oh yeah, definitely. I have certain places that are my main home bases. I call them. <laughs> Do you have favorites that you'd like to share? Um, I mean, I spend most of my, my four hubs are where my mom lives in Oregon, which is also where I grew up and where I went to college. So a lot of my closest friends live up in Oregon in the Pacific mm -hmm. Northwest. And then my dad lives in Colorado and a couple of my best friends ended up living in Colorado also. My brother and his whole family, he has four kids and a wonderful wife. They live in Austin, Texas or outside of Austin, Texas. So that's my third hub. And then I spend a lot of time in the Bay Area. It used to be for business conferences and stuff like that. And then I just have another best friend who has a very flat driveway um, so I've spent a lot of time here and recently fell in love with her roommate. So now I'm here a lot. Um, but California, Oregon, Colorado, and Austin, Texas are sort of my four hubs that I move between. And I tend to do like winter, like January, my birthday month, I spend some time in Arizona, mm -hmm. usually in August. I'm in Nevada for Burning Man, although that's not happened the last year and won't happen this year. But mm -hmm. I used to have a lot of conferences or festivals or events that I would be navigating in between and had like a certain circuit to my life. Mm -hmm. And it was actually kind of wonderful last year with quarantine. I had no schedule. So it was like, I could go mm -hmm. anywhere. And as long as I have signal, I can work. So I spent more time up in the Midwest and then I made it over to Maine and I actually spent all fall last year following the leaves changing down the East coast until I made it down to the Florida Keys and then started heading back West. So what about podcasting? How did podcasting fit into that journey? Yeah, Podcasting. I mean, my business had been going for a while and I sort of realized that um, I wanted to be reaching more people and mm -hmm. I, my comfort zone is a, as a writer, I write a lot of content. Um, I put, I wouldn't say I blog that much, but I put a lot of energy into my emails, my email marketing, my email list, and how the content that I create for my audience in that way. And I used to have a lot of fear and anxiety about public speaking. And as mm -hmm. I grew my business, I started doing workshops. I realized that um, I transformed my fear mm -hmm. and realized I actually had kind of a passion for it. And so I wanted a platform where I could share my message and where I could um, broadcast the message of other coaches and healers and holistic practitioners and share insights about both business and strategies and how to level up professionally mm -hmm. and as an entrepreneur and also mm -hmm. what tools are available. How can we transform our lives? How can we start blasting off from, you know, shedding the old skin of who we once were and blossoming into the rainbow warrior that we truly are. Mm -hmm. And what like legs up can we get on that ladder so that it's easier to be ourselves. Um, so I decided to create tactical magic podcasts 
which I call the business strategies podcast for the warrior goddess entrepreneur, but it's really, um, I would say 20 or 30% business strategies and the rest is really healing modalities and other leaders and brilliant people that I want to share their message and their magic. Um, so it's a way of me showcasing a lot of other powerful leaders. And I had a chance to binge on a couple of episodes that you had, and I realized unintentionally or intentionally, your show offers a richly bold platform to both learn and talk about currently ongoing global spiritual awakening. Guests you speak with are able to express their observations of what I interpret as traditional spirituality merging or adopting to modern spirituality. What are some of the motivations behind this conversation surrounding spirituality for you? First off, we get high on talking about it. (laughs) It's such a high frequency that when we try to quantify it or qualify it or understand it or describe it or share it, we get lit on sharing it. So that's the main reason that we have these conversations and we put them out onto the internet. Um, Another one is that we're all feeling it. I think it's a universally Mm. collective awakening that's happening right now. So Mm. for the people who are really uncomfortable, like if you imagine your, your standard comfortable life being shaken Mm. up by all this new awareness and magic, it it can be uncomfortable and it can Mm. be scary and it can be traumatic at times. Mm -hmm. And it can look like bad things, quote unquote, bad things. It can look like Mm. car accidents and it can look like loss in the family and it can look like upheaval when really it's uh you're jumping tracks into a new like state of being you're literally Mm. mutating into the next version Mm. of yourself that you're meant to become Mm. and that's not not always going to be a comfortable process i think some people need a roadmap or they need a handhold or they Mm. need an insight to recognize that it's okay you're going to get through this it's Mm. not wrong and bad it's just part of you stepping into what you're born to step into and Mm. wouldn't it be nice to be invited to do that with more pleasure more ease more peace more joy Mm. more of the things that feel good in the body Mm -hmm. and yeah I think with the right leadership and mentorship we can have more peace and more ease and more joy as we navigate those waters Mm. Definitely a great platform. And I love that you referenced an upheaval. You know, that's how I thought about my deep depression. It wasn't about the stuff that were going on in my mental space. It was like, okay, you either are going to die in a physical sense because you're physically not able to get up and do things, or you're going to die in a spiritual sense and have this emerging awakened being come out and so you choose you know is it the physical death that you want or is it the spiritual awakening that you're going to take and sometimes we don't look at it that way we think what's wrong with me you know everyone else is normal why am I depressed and depression doesn't sound like it could be part of a spiritual awakening but a lot of the times what I'm hearing from a lot of people is it gave me the time to really take a hard look at myself, really take a hard look at my triggers, my traumas, and start working on what got me to this place and how can I move out of this place. Now, as individuals who both have experience with depression, I'm curious to know what your opinion is with regards to its root causes and how we can continue to raise awareness and provide assistance for those who do need help with depression. 
Yeah. Um, depression is a beast. Mm. It's a challenge. So I feel like you asked two questions. One is for the people out there who are struggling with it right now. And another one is for the people out there who are around someone who's struggling with it or who mm. are witnessing it um, secondhand. And they're sort of two sets of answers. One, I would love to just, we sort of just had this conversation on my podcast (laughs) also, but um, that it's okay to just be with people without having to fix things for them. Mm -hmm. And that most of the time when someone is sad, when someone is struggling, when someone is in pain, what they need is to just not be alone in it. They don't need solution stuff down their throat. They don't need to be reminded that therapy is an option. Like, yes, it's okay to remind them of that. And it's okay to also just sit with them and be present with it. Um, And I will say as a caveat, you can be with someone in their sadness without taking on their sadness. You're allowed to be your own person and not amalgamate or absorb or morph into the depression with someone else, but it's still really powerful to be with them when they need someone. And to just sit with them and check in on them and and keep calling them. My dad went through some depression a few years ago and I would just call him every single day and make him laugh. I I know that I'm the one person in his life who can consistently make him laugh. And I would just call him once a day to make sure he laughed at least once today and ask Mm -hmm. him, you know, did you go for your bike ride? Have you been outside today? Those are the two Mm -hmm. things that we know make him a happier person. So I would just ask, hey, how'd your bike ride go? Did you take it yet? Oh, go on your bike ride. Call me back after. Like just to remind him that he knows how to take care of himself and to be with him through it and do whatever small thing I could do, which was just check in and do whatever I could to make him laugh and be be in there with him. And I didn't have to go into depression to do that. And I didn't even actually have to be physically present with him to do that. Most of the time I was calling him from way somewhere else. Um, and it made a difference. And he still talks about it now, how I helped him through that. And it w- didn't cost me a damn thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so be with your people. That's one side of it. It's, it's not hard to do it. And it can be uncomfortable. It can, especially in that situation, hearing my dad mm-hmm. talk about not wanting to be alive anymore. is fucking uncomfortable. It's like, mm-hmm. really? I'm not married. I don't have kids. Like, you don't want to walk me down the aisle someday? You don't want to meet my mm-hmm. fucking children? Excuse my mm-hmm. language. Like, how no. dare you? It's easy to get triggered by that when it's your parents saying it, but um, it's also like okay to hear where someone's really at to really Mm. just listen to them and be with them. So that's one side of it. The other side of it is I've been there. I've been depressed. I've been ready to kill myself. I've been there planning it. Um, I had whatever reasons I had to not actually follow through with it. I never actually made an attempt, but uh over the years, I found things that helped me. So even though I, we just said not to try and fix people, I will share what has worked for me because mm-hmm. it can be maybe a list of things to try if you're struggling mm-hmm. with depression right now. Um, first off, I realized that I am hugely impacted by the weather. So growing up in Oregon, seasonal affect disorder where the clouds are out for nine months of the year and you don't mm-hmm. see the sunshine really, really impacts me. And I didn't know that it did until I spent one winter not in Oregon and didn't get sad and Mm. realized that I literally just need sunshine to be 
like ground zero mentally well. Um, so I stopped spending winter in cloudy places and that made a really big difference. So that's like number one. The biggest one for me was literally sunshine and vitamin D deficiency is rampant in those colder parts of the country. So maybe take a supplement, maybe get a happy light, maybe travel somewhere warm in the winter to reset. Um, and then there's a myriad of other tools that I've used emotional freedom technique, which is tapping EFT. Um, it's tapping on the meridians. It's a way to basically reprogram the nervous system. Yeah. To not, to not be in the same state. It's sort of like fritzing the computer system of your mind into, and your body into a new operating system, which is a new homeostasis, I guess. So it's super easy to do. You can watch YouTube videos. You don't even need a practitioner, although there are many practitioners who will make it more potent of an experience for you. But mm -hmm. if you just learn the points, you can tap them anytime. And I did it the last big breakup I had. I was like, oh, I'm going to try EFT. I never heard of it. Let's try it. Mm -hmm. And started learning the points and watching videos and whatever. I didn't realize how potent it was until I went to the hospital to get testing for something. I don't know. And I left and the insurance thing was messy and I just wanted to like break down and cry because I felt so unsupported. I felt like I'm all alone. No one's taking care of me. What am I going to do? Mm -hmm. And had this emotional like burst. And as I was in it, I thought, oh, now's a great time to start tapping. And I started tapping the points and just feeling what I was feeling. And within mm -hmm. 10 seconds, I was no longer in that emotion. So it mm -hmm. just like took that terrible emotion from me and put me into a new state. So it's really an amazing way to just change your vibe really fast, mm. especially if you're having a trigger reaction to something. Um, so emotional freedom technique is number two. Sunshine was number one. The third one that I have to share, and I'll just make this the last one because I could go on for hours about this, <laughs> but the biggest thing that has changed my life is a school of thought called access consciousness. So okay. it's like law of attraction on steroids. It's a set of tools. It's a school of thought that's in like 140 different countries or more at this point, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. And it's shocking to me that nobody knows about it because it's so powerful, mm -hmm. but you have to be in a certain place or a certain kind of person, I think, to get interested in it, mm -hmm. but it's verbal processing tools, questions to ask, um, clearings to use to just like clear out whatever energies are sticking you and also hands-on tools. So body processes that will transform your body's actual state of being. Um, and those two things in tandem have dramatically changed my life. They've increased my ability to receive. They've increased my income. They transformed my relationship to men, transformed mm -hmm. my relationship to sex. They transformed my relationship to my own body. They being these tools of access consciousness. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, I think I created van life. I created the success of my business. Mm -hmm. I created the relationship I currently have all mm -hmm. with the questions and the processes of access consciousness. So mm -hmm. really powerful stuff. Definitely don't try it. It's not going to change your life. It's not for you, but if it's for you, you could try it. Um, <laughs> it's, it's some seriously potent magic and it's radically going to challenge what you think is real about this reality, but it's awesome. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for going in depth on that question. I want to take us back a couple of steps to how you offered your dad support during his time of depression. And something powerful that I picked up with you saying is 
I was just there reminding him to do the things that he loves doing and helping him laugh. And sometimes it sounds like the most helpful way to be there for someone. Now that I think about it, when I struggled too, is because you remember the person before the depression, you can actually help them remember the things that they loved, the things that made them happy. And that can be powerful enough to help them pull, to help pull them out of that dark hole. And so a reminder to the audience, you know, remember who they were before the depression. And maybe that might help bring them out. It may not bring them out back to be the same person that they were, because I don't think your dad is the same person. I think his life experience is far more enriched. You guys have a better relationship now that you've had that time to go through the healing process and the being there for him process. That's radicalized your relationship. There's more vulnerability and enrichment as a result of that experience. Yeah. I want to find out, I feel as though your talents, which are being a motivational speaker, writer, and artist come to play beautifully within your business, which is Wild Hearts Rise Up. Do you mind talking us through what Wild Hearts Rise Up is and what kind of offerings you do have? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I generally serve coaches and holistic practitioners, um, people who trade in wisdom and guidance. I would call them conscious leaders. And even though they're amazing at what they do, they often suck at talking about what they do. And they also often don't love technology. So I have a capacity with um, the automation and tools of running a modern online business in that industry. Um, I'm a big fan of email marketing and doing it from a really heart-centered and conscious place, help people grow their email lists, create their um, offerings on their website so that it's really easy for someone to join their email list and build that know, like, and trust factor, create that connection and nurture that relationship with each person who comes into their field of influence. Um, And I also teach people how to create courses and programs and things like that. So I work with those people who want to make a bigger difference. They want to reach more people. And I help them do that with more systemization and automation and ease mm-hmm. so that they can make a bigger difference and make more, more money with less time spent. Now that's like marketing basically. So I'm helping people master their marketing and show up more powerfully in the world so they can make a bigger difference. At the same time, a lot of us, when we go into that space of I'm an entrepreneur now, I need to get visible. There's a lot of limiting beliefs and a lot of like yuckiness that shows up to stop us. And most of the time, we're not even aware that it's in there. We're like showing up and doing the marketing and posting on social media. And we don't realize that we're actually really terrified of being seen. So we've put this like bell jar or this glass wall up so that we're doing the work but we don't actually want anyone to come and see it or find us because then we'll have to actually step forward and do the work or then we'll actually have to be seen. And that feels really vulnerable and scary. So there's also the magic side of my business where I help people get out of their own way so that they can be found by their people so that they can turn the magnetics and the energetics of their business on full blast and actually find like attract their soulmate clients into their world Um, without blocking it anymore. So there's the magic and the marketing is really what I teach. And for those of you out there who might be listening, who are not entrepreneurs, I also have a course that's coming out really soon. I'm not sure when this podcast airs. It might be out already, but um, I finally created one offering that isn't just for entrepreneurs and it's called Peace with Money. 
And it's really about um, harnessing that magic of the energy of actually having peace with money, which is such a foreign concept. I know most people out there listening are like, what does that even mean? But instead of having trauma and drama with money or having a like emotional pendulum swing of like, yay, I have money or crap, I don't have money that we come into a place of that pendulum no longer swinging and actually being in a place of calm and peace around our financial worlds. And that in that place, it's actually a lot easier to attract money to us and to be someone who has money rather than just someone who makes money or spends money. Mm -hmm. Um, So that offering is coming out soon, but I have all different ways that I work with my clients. Um, I have ongoing membership called copywriting cohort I have like bigger group programs. Um, One is called Create, Launch, Deliver, which is about building programs. One is called Magnetic Influencer Collective, which is the magic and the marketing that I just talked about over the course of a six-month program. And then I also work one-on-one with people who just want support to actually put the pieces of the puzzle together. So, so many great offerings reaching a wide variety of people. How do people get in contact with you and reach out to you for any of these offerings that they may be interested in or just want to see the van life. Yeah, of course. Um, Wild Hearts with an S, wildheartsriseup.com is my website. And you'll see van life on there. You'll also see see an Oracle deck that I made, which is all my art and writing Mm. in a beautiful package deck. Um, I also have both of my podcasts on there, Tactical Magic Podcasts. And then I also have a podcast called Reveal the Game of Life, which is all about consciousness and magic and stepping out of the matrix. Um, That is all on wildheartsriseup.com. And if you want to just follow my travels and get my almost daily pep talks on social media, I'm on Instagram um, most of the weekdays at uh, wild underscore one, O-N-E, rising underscore rising so wild underscore one underscore rising oh molly you are such a phenomenal warrior goddess yourself (laughs) and i do want to know is there anything in your heart that we have not covered today that you would like to share that you would like people to remember anything yeah um anybody who's out there struggling with mental health stuff right now one of the things that has always been really important for me to remember and that I try to remind people of is it is a tunnel, not a cave. Mm -hmm. Um, The light will return. Don't give up. Keep going. Um, Even though it seems like you're walking in the dark, there is light at the end of the tunnel and just hold fast. Keep going. Um, And for those of you who are being tapped on the shoulder by something that you don't know what it is yet and you know you're meant for something more, don't give up until you find what that is and stay curious. Keep asking questions. The catchphrase I use at the end of every video is to keep asking big questions and taking bold action because you're here for a reason. So yeah. Hmm. JWM family. This is Molly Mandelberg. All of her connection information will be in the episode links. So reach out, follow her on Instagram, sign up for her multiple program offerings, show some love. Molly, thank you so much for spending time with us. I am excited to continue being a part of your journey by listening to your podcast. And JWM family from your host, Mpo, like I always say, Maholokwe Kiotaba Rbuile. Aloha. Well, before you go, 
I wanted to thank you for taking the first step in supporting my journey by listening to this episode. The second big step would be exploring the various ways you can become an official supporter of my journey by signing up for our Patreon offerings. We offer some great benefits such as one-to-one phone calls and distance Reiki sessions with me. For more information, visit patreon.com forward slash journey with Mpo. The link is in the episode notes. If you loved what you heard, then subscribe to the show and continue to share episodes that resonate with friends and family. If you're listening through Apple Podcasts, please take a few minutes to rate and review us so we can continue to get our content to the people who need it the most. We are serious about getting your feedback, so if you'd like to take the rating and review a step further, check out our feedback survey link in the episode notes. Your feedback will help us to continue offering content that matters to you and is worth your time. Finally, in this day and age, it apparently matters how many followers you have on social media. So go ahead and find us on Instagram at Journey with Mpo, and we promise to make it worth your while by sharing heart-centered, conscious content. Thank you for your continued support. I cannot wait to spend time with you again in the next episode.